You may be seated and open your Bibles this morning to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 11. Praise God. Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and power and glory, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Are you a part of God's creation? What then is your purpose? Why is it that you and I, as new creations, created in the image and likeness of God, why is it that we're here? Why do we exist? Our purpose is to please Him. I'm going to say that again. Our purpose is to please Him. There is nothing else in this world that will complete you. There is nothing else that will fulfill you. This is the reason why we are breathing. This is the reason why our hearts are thumping today. It's why you have brightness of mind. It's why he's gifted you. It's why he has given you opportunity upon opportunity. It's why he has given you the resources to do and to be what you do. Folks, it's in him. And it is for him that we live, that we move. And that we have our very being. It's all to please Him. Another way we could say it, it's all for the purpose of accomplishing His will. The biggest enemy to God's plan is our plan. That is why we are to acknowledge Him in half of our ways. Nowhere to acknowledge him in all of our ways. Paul writing to Timothy. He had mentored Timothy. Timothy was a son in the faith. And he said some things to him that are very important and very apropos. Timothy was unique. But I'm telling you today that you are unique. That you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And in Philippians chapter 1, in verse, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, Paul says, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all, that's a big statement. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says, For it seems as though that everyone else is busy seeking what is best for themselves. Instead of the things that are most important to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can make the choice to be just like Timothy. We can make the choice to be God seekers and God chasers and God pleasers. 
Oh, friend, if you will seek first the kingdom of God, which in big part is pleasing him, put him first. He said that all these other things are going to be added unto you. You will not have to seek them. You will not have to run after them. They will seek you out. They will come upon you and overtake you. And if we don't make that choice, and I'm talking about daily. Otherwise, all that will be on our minds is us and ours. Me, myself, and I. What's your purpose? Why do you exist? I'm waiting for an answer. Are you here today? Are you listening to the, to the man of God? What is your purpose? Why do you exist? Now, many have not understood their place in creation. They need a revelation of their creation. And they have become discouraged because they haven't seen things quite work out the way they thought it would work out. And as a result, I'm sad to say, because of discouragement, people stop reading their Bibles. They stop praying. Instead of praying, they start blaming. Blaming this person, blaming the job, blaming the president, blaming the governor, blaming whatever. Folks, we are not here to play the blame game. We're here to serve Jesus with all of our spirit, all of our soul, and all of our bodies. And when we do, we will never be the same. Hallelujah. God, this might be a revelation. God does not exist to please you. And that is a modern message. That God's main purpose for existence is to make us happy. No, our purpose is to please Him and that will make us happy. Hallelujah! There are so many different ways that we can please Him. We talked about one of them. Praise and worship pleases Him. We're here to serve Him. Not the other way around. In Ephesians, the second chapter, in verse 10, it tells us one of the reasons why we were created. We were created for service. He says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. Are there some good works that need to be done? Are there some things that you and I could do and come up a step and re-engage our hearts and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Lord, here I am. I'm here. I'm yours to serve you. To do good works, now notice this, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. 
We're not waiting on God to prepare things for us to do. He's waiting on us to step in and to step up to those things He has foreordained from before the foundation of the world for us to do. Hallelujah! The Bible says we are here on this planet for one reason, to please Him and to serve Him. How many of you enjoy freedom in Christ? I mean, there's no better message in the Bible that you and I have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Christ, the anointed Soya, the anointed one and His anointing, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us so that we could live and to walk in the blessing of Abraham. And since you are Christ, you're Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. And one of the greatest benefits that you and I have as new creations created in Him is our Redeemer redeems our life from destruction. There's a destroyer out there. But oh, thank God, there's one bigger than the destroyer. It is our Redeemer. And I love what the psalmist said. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Come on, somebody said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And He redeems our life from destruction. I mean from the top of the morning till the end of the day. He's watching over you. He's watching over His Word to perform it. Your Redeemer is alive. Your Redeemer is well. And He is on assignment. To keep you and to hold you in his arms, in his hands. Hallelujah. So I enjoy freedom. I even enjoy being an American. I'm not selling America out. I'm not going to follow the doomsday prophets. I believe that our best days are yet to come. We enjoy freedom. Think about that. I mean, just coming to church today and having PT and company lead us to the very throne of grace. Is it a good thing? Is it a wonderful thing to come on in here and lift up your voice? And to lift up your hand? It absolutely is. But now notice this. In Galatians 5 verse 13... He says, for brethren, you have been called unto what? Or freedom. Now here is an admonition, an exhortation, if you will. Only make sure that you don't use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. What might that look like? Me, myself, and I. Oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Wonderful, you're free. Now, what are you going to do with this freedom? But, read the rest with me. But by love, 
serve. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, and I think it's the NSAB, I don't know if we have it, but let me read it to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, and notice this, which is your reasonable spiritual service of worship. I want you to notice that phrase, service of worship. We need mind renewal, and we need to understand that worship is not just about singing and shouting and dancing and praising. But us pleasing God in the service of the Lord and finding our place and taking our place is an act of worship unto God. Say with me, my service unto Him is an act of worship. You saw the ushers when you came in. You know what they were doing? Worshiping God. Serving you. We have greeters at the door. What were they doing? They're serving. They're pleasing God. They're worshiping God. When we have people clean this church, folks, this church would not be anything without all of the faithful people that offer their service and offer their helps. When people are clean in the foyer, when people are clean in this building, you know what they're doing? They're not just pushing a broom. They're not dusting things off, just dusting things off. They're worshiping God. And I think this, folks, if we can see it that way, we'll not get burnt out, but we will burn on. We will not be men and women who serve the Lord with sadness, but we will be men and women... That will serve the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. You talk about your joy getting full. You talk about your cup running over. Cups run over for those who please God. <laughs> Come on, lift up your hands and give Him thanks. Glory to God. Oh, we magnify you today, Lord. Come on, let's present our bodies as living sacrifices unto the Most High God today. We offer you our very lives. Help us, Lord, to please you in all of our ways. And this is my prayer for you. That we would all walk worthy of the Lord. Colossians 1.10 Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every what? Being fruitful in every good work. Remember, he has given us good works to do. And increasing in the knowledge of God. And so this morning, we just take one portion, if you will, and one part, how that we can please him. We live to please him. I live to please God. In 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse 10, it says this, As every man has received the gift. We could say it this way. As every man has received a supply of the Spirit. Every one of you have a supply of the Holy Spirit with where which you can take and you can please God with. 
As every man has received the gift, now notice this, even so minister the same to who? To one another. By love, serve one another. As good stewards of what? As good stewards of what? The manifold, the many-sided grace of God. There are many people in this sanctuary today with many supplies to bring unto the Lord. Remember we did this series, Great Grace? And we found the key text in there in the book of Acts where it says that great grace was upon them all. We are a people of great grace. There are great gifts in the great grace. Every one of us have great grace upon us. And with this great grace, you can please Him. And I can please Him. And we can please Him as a church. I wonder what would happen here at Heart of the Bay if everyone took to heart what's being ministered to today. This building wouldn't be big enough to hold the people. This building would not be big enough to hold and, and the, the manifest presence of God. And that's what we're after. That's what we desire. We are not here to take up space. We have been called of God into the grace race. And what we're going to do is we're going to run strong. And we're going to make it to the finish line. Every one of us bringing our supply. Point to yourself and say, every one of us bringing my supply. Point to your neighbor and say, even you bringing your supply. <clears throat> the New Century Version says, each of you have received a gift. To use to serve others. There is a place for all of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I believe it's verse 27, in the Passion Translation it says, You are the body of the Anointed One. And each of you is a unique and vital part of the body of Christ. Jesus looks at us as being vital. You need to look at yourself the same way. Why? Well, I have nothing to offer. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Don't give voice to it. Don't give place to it by thinking you are the less of the least. Don't get into a spirit of rejection saying, well, I don't have what PT has, but you've got something PT doesn't have. And you have something I don't have. Are you here? We're necessary. We're vital. We are the accepted in Christ Jesus. We are the accepted in the beloved. You see, folks, the strength of Heart of the Bay Christian Center is not Brenda and I. It's not PT or Kimberly. It's not PN. It's not our staff. We have our part. But the strength of Heart of the Bay Christian Center is in the people that serve in the over 30 ministries. 
and helps teams that we have. Folks, it takes a vast amount of people even to do what's being done right now. It takes prayers. It takes tithers. I just heard the organ. It takes a whole lot of things that you don't see on the platform that are happening in the background and it is the lifeblood of this church. When the Lord says to Brenda and myself, okay, it's time for you to move on, which I hope isn't for several years, this church will not fall apart This church will stay strong. Because we have good people here. And strong believers here. And there are some of you that need to get a revelation to get re-engaged and reactivated into the things that God has got for you. Am I on my soapbox today? I'm just here to give God glory. I'm just here to give God praise. Ha! Woo, glory to God. Notice with me now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18. Look at this verse. Let's read it together. But now God has sent the members, every one of them in the body. I need a little bit more energy here. Take heart. This message is going to end well. <laughs> It's going to end great. (laughs) Look at this now. Let's read verse 18 together. Come on. Give me a little help. Ready, read. But now hath God sent the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. God is well pleased to set you in the body. And we please Him when we take our place. No man is an island unto himself. Somebody says, oh, but pastor, you and Brenda are anointed. Thank God for the grace of God. But the same rewards that Brenda and I get and PN get and PT and P. Kimberly, the same rewards that we get, you will get. If you participated in the vision. If you rolled up your sleeves and you just brought your supply. Anybody ever heard of Mother Teresa from Calcutta, India? This is a famous quote. I love it. She says, you can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. But together... We can do great things. Together. We can do great things. There are great things ahead. And what is happening right now in this church is we're getting more prepared for what God has prepared for us. We're getting prepared for expansion. I took that word prepare, didn't mean to share this, but let me just share with you real quickly. Prepare. P stands for pray. Got to be some prayer. 
R stands for re-engage. Reactivate. Reset. E stands for expansion. That has to do with the great God doing greater things than he's ever done before in us and through us. P stands for passion. All of us need to do a checkup and say, what is, why do I get up in the morning? What is my passion? What has God put on the inside of me to give out to others? And then A stands for attitude. None of the things that I'm talking about cannot be done without the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. It's an attitude that says, give me this mountain. Oh yeah, this mountain is standing in my way, but I'm not moved by the mountain that's standing in my way because Jesus told me I can have what I say. And I have the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith happens to be the spirit of victory. So as we all adopt the spirit of faith and have an attitude of there ain't nothing that can't be done in this place. Come on, saints. Mountains will move. Debt will fall. Cancers will flee. And there'll just be an increase, an increase, an increase. Everyone say increase. Attitude. R stands for revive. Oh God, revive us. Revive us in the midst of our years. Somebody says, well, pastor, you're 70. God's just about done with you now. He's just getting started. That's the attitude you got to have. It ain't over. I'm not about to retire and go golfing three times a week and go eat the senior meals at IHOP. No, thank you. There's more life to live. There's more land to take. There are more souls to win. There's more people that walk through these doors that need to know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and make a difference in the world. So he says, how'd you get so fired up? I'm staying close to the fire. Come on, somebody say, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. And even greater things than these shall he do. Folks, this is a major, major key to being happy in life. I know what the songwriter said in the 60s. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, find somebody to, you know, whatever. Cook your meals. Me, your wife. Don't want to quote all of it. I'm getting more sanctified, PT. This is a major key for joy and happiness. Folks, when you sense His pleasure, there's nothing like it that this world has to offer. Oh, I'm telling you, the sky is bluer. The grass is greener. Everything is right when you're right with Him. And he is pleased with you. Now this last part is so important. I don't want to preach all day because I want to give you some time for community. Time for prayer. 
and time for you to kind of look around. But this last part is extremely vital. Everybody got your ears on? Okay, listen very carefully. To please Him is obtainable. To please Him is not difficult. It is not based on our works of the flesh. But it is based on the work of His grace in our lives. I want you to know this. I want you to get this. God can be pleased. He is not a taskmaster. You've seen it, I've seen it. Some get on a treadmill of works and striving to please God. I've got to please God. I've got to please God. I've got to please God. To the point they get stressed out. Or they just flat give up. You see, the enemy is a thief. And he will endeavor to take advantage of a person's sincere desire to please God. And he will begin to pressure them with legalism and religiosity. You know, there is a spirit that disguises itself as the Holy Spirit. But it is not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not pressure. The The Holy Spirit does not push. The Holy Spirit does not cause people to get stressed out and burnt out. That spirit is a wrong spirit. That spirit is a religious spirit. Get mighty quiet in this first church. And it sounds like this. You're not praying enough, buddy. Well, I ain't your buddy. You know? You're not studying enough. You read one chapter today, but you should have read three. See, with the devil, it's never enough. That's the way it is with the spirit of fear. Once you overcome one thing, it's the next thing comes. That's why it's good to get a revelation. You've been not given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And you've not been given a religious spirit, but you've been given the Holy Spirit, which is of God. Well, you're not reading enough. Oh, you heard great messages on confession there, Mac, but you're not confessing enough. Well, how much is enough? We're going to answer that question before we're finished today. How much is enough? Do you have to say a scripture 5,000 times to get the results of the scripture? No, God is looking for simple childlike faith. A man or a woman who will take this word and believe it in their heart. And just let it work in their heart. And then they open their mouths. It may just be one time. Here's another one. You're not witnessing enough. That person over there, I mean, you may be sitting in a cafeteria or something. 
That person over there is unsaved. You get up and witness to him right now. Not without the Holy Spirit's leading, I'm not. I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, not without the Holy Spirit's leading, I'm not. See, the attitude, I think, that has gotten into the church, and I'm talking about across the board, is that some way, somehow, God is unpleasable. Well, I guess, Pastor Mark, (laughs) none of us could read our Bibles enough. Or, I guess, none of us could pray enough to cop out. I guess none of us could serve enough. Folks, we need to be very alert for for legalism. Jesus addressed this. In Matthew 11 and verse 28, he says, Are you tired and worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms. Did you notice that? The unforced rhythms of grace. He said, I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. God's not going to ask you to do something that He doesn't equip you and anoint you to do. Come on, somebody. And then he said, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, when we start talking about this kind of peace and this kind of rest, we're not encouraging people to enter into a state of inactivity. We're not encouraging people to go into some sort of a spiritual coma. But we are to move away from being religiously driven and instead become spiritually energized. Here's the bottom line. God is not unreasonable. He is pleasable. Lift your right hand up to the Lord and say, My Father is not unreasonable. My good, good Father is pleasable. So if he is pleasable, you can read your Bible enough. You can pray enough. You can serve enough. I'm not talking about 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How many of you know he he knows you need to go to work? He knows the laundry needs to be done. And for heaven's sake, he knows you need to go to the grocery store. God is pleasable. Legalism and fleshly striving, attempting to get his approval does not please God. But say it with me. Real strong. I'm a God pleaser. pleaser. Said two more times. I am am a God pleaser. pleaser. One more time. I am am a God pleaser. 
We see some answers in Romans 8, and I want to encourage you to take Romans 8 and read it very carefully because it is a rich chapter. And there's a lot in there. But I want you to notice a couple of verses. Notice in Romans, I believe it's chapter 8 and verse 8. Romans, the 8th chapter, and it's the 8th verse. Very simple verse. It says, So then, they that are what? Cannot please God. If I'm trying to please God through fleshy striving on this treadmill of works, it doesn't please God. They that are in the flesh, there's no way that they can please God. But oh, notice Romans 8, 14 with me. Hallelujah. Let's read it together. For as many as are led... Oh, read it one more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God, daughters of God, can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God never leads us into legalism. The Spirit of God leads us into life and peace and joy. It boils down... Praying enough, witnessing enough, serving enough, reading enough. It boils down to you and I being spirit-led and not flesh-led. I got a question for you. Does he live on the inside of you? Do you have fellowship with him? Do you know his voice? Do you have the ability just to know in your knower and follow your seamer? What seems good? What doesn't seem good? The spirit of man, the Bible says, the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Hallelujah. Can he let you know not to go a certain way home today and go another way? Can he let you know by the Spirit a person you just met is born of God? Why? Because the Spirit himself bears witness with their spirit. Can he let you know when to get a new job? Can he let you know you've talked too much? Oops. <laughs> Come on, folks. Can he let you know? I mean, if we don't ignore him and we participate in this communion with him, he'll let us know all sorts of things. He'll lead us. He'll guide us into all the truth and nothing but the truth. Can he let you know? Where to invest, not to invest. Can He let you know where to tithe, where not to tithe? Can He let you know who to listen to and not to listen to? Can He let you know that you've prayed enough, or read enough, or served enough? 
Can He direct your steps where and when to serve? Absolutely, He can and He will be led. That's it. When you're led by the Spirit of God, it's well-pleasing to God. How does this look? Well, you might be in the morning just opening your Bible. And you may be reading for a period of time. And you just sense in your spirit by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's good. On the other hand, you may be reading and the Spirit of God directs you. Read a little bit more. Pray a little bit longer. Amen? Or, that's good. Go about your day. Live in communion with me. In the area of service. You know, we need a bunch of people serving. So that we don't just have a select few serving all the time. Because when a select few serve all the time, they get burnt out. But here's the key. You be led. Let God direct your steps. It may be, you know, you're going to serve once a month. Isn't that awesome? What would it be like if everyone served once a month? Or serve every other week. Folks, be led by the Spirit of God. I say to you today, the steps of a good man. Come on, somebody. The steps. The steps of a good man. Are you a good man? Are you a good woman? Guys, don't say yes. Are you a good child of God? Then children of God can expect their steps to be directed by our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at our text today in closing. This is just part one of being God-pleasers. Revelation 4.11 says this. Praise God. I sense God's pleasure. I sense His pleasure in this place. I sense hearts are getting a hold of what the Spirit of God is saying to them. Revelation 4.11. Read it with me. Ready, read. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure. Stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Created in Christ Jesus for His pleasure. Thank you, Father, for ministering this to us today. Lord, we just tap it off by just giving God glory. Can we give God glory for about 15 seconds? Come on, lift your voice up. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Woo, hallelujah. We have not been created to complain. We have not been created to be bitter. We have been created to give thanks unto God. We have been created in Him, praise God, for the furtherance of the gospel. 
Come on, give Him thanks today. Folks, has God done any good thing for you lately? Give Him praise. How many of you are expecting some great and glorious things to come your way? How many of you are expecting great and glorious things to happen in this church? Well, come on, somebody, let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Glory to God.